Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Greetings, comrades. This is um, this is a special episode, by the way. Even though it's gonna be about Stalin, well, uh, half of it at least. This is our um, our two years anniversary episode, and it is kind of weird speaking to you like this because uh, I I've done a quite a bit a bit of uh, intermission between Stalin episodes, so I should do a Stalin one at the same time. This is our <laughs> second anniversary episode. And I'm suffering from severe food poisoning at the time of recording this. I still still want to want to make this as enjoyable as possible. So we shall be talking about Stalin in the first part, and the second part will be just my meta ramblings on the show, and on the future of the show, and what's been going on with the show, and how this thing all works in general. And a bunch of comments, some answers to some questions. Although I have to say most of the questions that I'll answer will will be answered in future episodes because this is going to be more of a meta. But yeah, the first part is going to be about Stalin because I really feel like I owe you one. I would like you just to sit back, enjoy, grab a cold beer in this hot summer that we have over here. And just relax a bit because this is going to get... A bit emotional at the end, at least. Oh, yeah, and if you don't care about the meta part and the podcast part and what we're going to do with the show and where how we have grown and all these, you know, miserable talks that I have omitted from a bunch of previous episodes, feel free to skip over the last part of this episode after the half hits in uh, and, and then you won't have to listen to this. This is how I've, uh, how I've sectioned all the situation. But, yeah, without further ado, here we go on Stalin after he's been kicked out from the seminary. Well, you see, after after Stalin was kicked out of the seminar, with his pals, which he denounced and everything else, Stalin still needed some place to live and, you know, study, and spread the revolution, which he was really quite fond of. And, after working as a private math teacher for a few months, 
because apparently after he was kicked out of the seminary for some reason, he actually managed to acquire a paper which allowed him to work as a private math teacher for the wealthy classes of Tbilisi. But yeah, he just imagine this, uh, you know, uh, I wonder how the families of these people now feel when uh, Stalin was apparently really working as a math teacher in Tbilisi. At any rate, after he worked as a private math teacher for a few months, he became a clerk and a bookkeeper in the Tbilisi Observatory. However, however, I do have to say that this place had nothing to do with astronomy. It was a geophysical observatory, and its chief purpose was meteorology. He got he got the job with the help of his friend Vano Kechkovelli, who also just happened to work there. The job paid 20 rubles a month, which was pretty okay salary for the time. And they also gave a room to Stalin where he could sleep in the very same observatory. It's like, you know, hey, you work at us, you, you look at the, all the meteorological observations and you write them down, and you also get to live here. Which is pretty okay, I guess. And Stalin would work here until 1901. And honestly, honestly, this was his first and only, like, serious full-time job before becoming a completely, completely 100% revolutionary communist. And this is kind of crazy. However, obviously, Stalin at this time, known as Koba, didn't just, didn't just sit idly, just, you know, doing his day job at the observatory, because that would be nowhere near as revolutionary as he had been used to. Because, for example, in 1900, the 23rd of April, Stalin gave a speech in a workers' strike just out of Tbilisi, near the Salt Lakes. And uh, we have we have a nice enthusiastic words here from certain Aluliev, a relative of Stalin too, because Aluliev was uh, was essentially Stalin's future father-in-law. And uh, he was a railway mechanic in the in the Tbilisi rail- railway shops, and he was also revolutionary. And he writes, <clears throat> quote, In the middle of April, we, the members of the underground groups, were informed that a May Day meeting would take place in the following Sunday. So, so, Jugashvili, who was in charge of the arrangements, chose a group of workers whom he asked to find a suitable spot for the meeting. When this was selected, he inspected and approved the choice. As the sun rose over the hill, the crowd grew excited, and the red banner with portraits of Marx and Engels and its stirring logans blazed in the sun. The emotion was tremendous. Men wiped away furtive tears of joy. One by one, speakers clambered upon the rocky platforms. They spoke of the meaning of May Day, of bad working conditions in the factories, of workers' humiliation, and the ill-treatment meted out by their bosses. We must fight for our rights, the speakers proclaimed. We must protest, organize strikes, demand better conditions. This was the first time that we had heard such courageous words expressed at the public meeting. Loud approval and cheers arose from all sides. Long live the 1st of May, down with the autocracy. Returning home, we felt happy, filled with determination to fight and to conquer. And and in this book where it is published, uh, this is by Alex de Jong in the Stalin, the Shaping of the Soviet Union, he also writes, 
The passage published uh, during the Stalin's lifetime is interesting not just for the picture it paints, but also for its overlay of that official sentimentality, which accompanies the description of any moment in the birth of the Soviet nation. Next year's demonstration was a still more ambitious affair, which has been described as a turning point in the history of Tbilisi workers' movement. It's kind of interesting uh, how Stalin really gets into all this situation. He has some passion here. And th- I have heard a lot of comparisons, especially from, from foreign writers, but, but some really come from the Soviet writers as well, that Stalin was touched by this this communist Marxist ideology on the same level that some people are really touched by religious experiences. Because Stalin was a complete atheist, you see. But he, apparently, according to modern researchers, saw something excellent, something bigger and greater in the communist ideology. He really, really believed that this was the new, I would say, faith. Faith would be better than religion, yes, in this case. He saw communism as the new faith of the people. You had to believe in it for it to work. He saw it as the new way of people, like where the people could put their faith in, where he did put his faith in, and uh, how how some great things could be achieved. And one of the theories is that he would later on kind of translate this faithness of communism into justifying his own very immoral, murderous actions. As he believed that, you know, sacrifices in the name of the faith should be made. And that's kind of interesting, because, uh, you know, there are a lot of a lot of modern-day communists and a lot of atheists who say, well, you know, they, that, that, that this had nothing to do with religion, but uh, it did, it did actually, because uh, at least for Stalin, we have quite enough evidence that communism was was his faith, completely atheistic faith, and the atheism was somehow a part of communism. Now, I don't want to say anything about modern-day atheists. Um, not one, but uh, I don't I don't really care about people's personal beliefs. But honestly, this is a bit scary, because this is some sort of twisting, and um, this is a t- twist of uh, modern atheist theology, I wouldn't even say. Because I know a lot of atheists, and they're good people, and they're great guys. And ladies, obviously, but this is the point where Stalin mashes up his radical atheism with his radical communism and uh, spawns his own faith-based ideology out of all the situation. And yeah, a lot of resources, this Alex de Jong says that, and a lot of Russian sources says that, that uh, he had some sort of zealous fervor for uh, materialistic Marxism which is like communism mixed with extreme radical, uh, I would not even say atheism, I would say anti-theism or something. This and, and knowing that his family was also deeply religious, and that he was educated by priests and went to the seminary, it makes one wonder about how all these faith and reason, how faith and reason interplayed with his relationships with the people and the state. At any rate... After this, after the strike and the 23rd of April, he continues printing his, printing his newspaper and, and actively working in this observatory and working hard. But another event that happens, happens in the 13th of, 13th of June, uh, because at that point, in the, <clears throat> in the head, head workshop of the Beyond Caucasus Railroad Organization, uh, a person named Mikhail Ivanovich Kalinin is taken into work as a turner. And he's also a member of the St. Petersburg <clears throat> Union of the Liberation of the Working Class member, another revolutionary. 
and Stalin obviously was great friends with him. For 27 years after the October Revolution, Kalinin will be basically in the, the will basically be in in the CK, the Central Committee of the Communist Party, and Kalinin, this person is the one, well, one of after whom Kaliningrad is named. Like, you know, they later had Leningrad and Stalingrad. Kaliningrad is named after this Kalinin. And it's kind of weird, because Kaliningrad and whole Kaliningrad Oblast, Kaliningrad area, is still named after him, even though Leningrad is now back to St. Petersburg, and Stalingrad is now back to Volgograd. But Kaliningrad is still Kaliningrad, because, you know, it used to be Königsberg. But I guess I guess uh, Germanifying these names would be bad. But Kalinin will play a certain role in the whole this story. But uh, because of Stalin's help and personal friendship, he now gets the job in his in this railroad factory because he's been working with them. But yeah, like I said, starting from July 1900, going to April 1901, Stalin and his cronies shall start and work in an underground newspaper where they will actively promote revolutionary ideas among the railroad workers. In March 1901, by the way, Stalin's apartment will get searched for the first time ever on the, guess what, suspicion of anti-Tsarist activity. And this, by the way, this this March is uh, is when Stalin really, when you can point at Stalin uh, as, as his first time when he truly becomes a full-time revolutionary. When Stalin decides that this brand new communist Faith, even, I would say. Because Lenin was there for pragmatical reasons, for practical reasons. He came from intelligentsia and everything. Stalin was from the common people. And for Stalin, communism was truly, truly somewhat of a very deeply held personal belief, which then uh, mashed up on his megalomania and his willingness to control everything. And uh, we shall see later in the series how this worked out. But yeah, March 1901, an important date here. In the 22nd of April of 1901, in the in the square, like next to the Soldiers' Bazaar in the center of Tbilisi, Stalin will lead the lead another second one a demonstration of the 1st of May, where about 2,000 workers. From uh, factories, uh, from factories and other manufacturers shall shall take part in, and you know, uh, unlike last year, this demonstration will be prepared for by the government. Therefore, this demonstration will only last for forty-five minutes, but this will be an important one. The Lenin's newspaper, The Spark, will will describe this as a historically important for all of the Caucasus. Quote. <clears throat> When the workers gathered in the Alexander's Garden in the sol- in the soldiers' bazaar, there was the signal was given to them, and a previously and on the previously made made stick a red red flag was put on. The police and the Cossacks, who were who were just sent out there on the muddy streets uh, from the from the homes and, and from the police stations were kind of uh, tossed into the attack against the unarmed uh, columns of the of the people who were protesting. There was a battle around the flag. The workers remembered their oath, which which they had given in the previous year's demonstration, and fought back for their for their flag. In this confrontation, fourteen workers were were wounded, 
and about 50 or 50 protesters were ad- were arrested this even more uh, kind of <clears throat> this even more uh, solidarized and and uh, solidarized and engraved the idea of the revolution in the masses of the proletariat stalin would remember this stalin would later on give uh, more protests Again, in, during this year, Stalin would give more and more protests uh, against such arrests of the proletariat. Stalin would also start working even harder. And yeah, later on that summer, Stalin would oversee the creation of a massive network of underground presses in the Caucasus, all dedicated to communist propaganda. These arrests, together with his idea, essentially engraved in the Stalin this idea that he was also a martyr. This gave him the idea that, you know, he was, you know, that these people were bringing huge sacrifices and the idea that sacrifices must be made for the idea to be efficient. Because this meeting, uh, this protest action in 1900, a lot of people got arrested, a lot of people got wounded, but it had massive results. The communist idea spread through the Georgian, Georgian countryside and Georgian factories like wildfire. This really helped the communist cause, but it took a lot of lives. It took a lot of people getting arrested. It uh, wounded a lot of people. This is this is the point, as historians say, that when Stalin decides that, yeah, you know, you must, sp- you must really shed blood for the communist idea, because if you shed more blood, more power is gained. This is how Stalin learned to do all these things. And later on, as he's overseeing these things... On the 11th of November 1901, Stalin gets elected in his very first Communist Party leading position. He is now on the lead committee of the Tbilisi Bolshevik Party. He gets elected there, and this is his first post in a leading position of a communist. Later on that year, on the very end of that year actually, on the 31st of December, 31st of December, under the guise of a New Year's meeting, Stalin shall organize an illegal conference of all the social, of all the leaders of the socially democratic and communist circles, so to speak, social democratic groups of Caucasus. And of course, a lot of people will get arrested on the way there, which will only encourage Stalin that, you know, they are martyrs and that, you know, they should be happy to die in the name of communism because that's how it operates. Stalin, after this, in early 1902, will carry on making illegal typographies everywhere. He will also carry on with the administrative duties and organizing strikes and duties in various factories. This is the point where Stalin has just given up on everything else in his life. He must be a complete and utter communist. He will just go on and this is his breaking point. Not even getting thrown out of the seminary, no, no, no. This is the point where Stalin finally decides that, you know what, he should give his life to the revolution, and hope that revolution returns to him in kind. This is the point where Stalin truly breaks down, and this is this important breaking point. And later on, this all shall conclude when, in the 5th of April 1902, Stalin will get arrested for the first time, for basically organizing Batumi Communist Party as such, and the Stalinist Party, and he'll get put into prison for 15 months. In the prison, he will start his contacts with Lenin, and he'll organize a prison riot, and he'll eventually escape. He'll sit in prison for six times during his lifetime. 
and again, uh, and again, our uh, Alex de Jong declares that you know this is the the reason why Stalin wasn't afraid to put people in prison himself. I'm not sure that this is this this is that easy, but certainly had an impact on him. This is also a point where people who have inspired from Stalin's poetry and from Stalin's life, because he's a huge star in the Caucasus now, they'll start robbing trains. And um, one of such robberies will happen later in 1907, where an armored truck guarded by the Cossacks shall be robbed and everything. But this is where Koba truly gets born and the robberies start. But yeah, you know what? This, this his first arrest is a nice point where I want to just stop about Stalin for this episode and uh, turn into my own podcast. Yeah, turn want to talk about the Eastern Border a bit. Don't worry, don't worry. Next episode is going to be come going to come out on time and everything. But for now, let's have a break from Stalin. We've moved it up to his arrest point, and uh, I really have some things that I want to speak speak. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi guys, this is Alice. This time I would just like to say thank you to all of those who have been with us and supported us and listened to us from the very beginning. And also to those who have joined us recently or a year ago. It doesn't matter. We are really thankful for each and every one of you. There's so many of you from so many places around the world and we're really proud of what we've done and proud of your interactions with us and your questions and your interest and your never-ending support. So thank you all. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you again sometime. And now back to the show. So greetings comrades. I'm sorry I'm sorry for being um kind of short on the Stalin part this time. I'll have more next time, I promise. Uh, also books coming out either today or tomorrow. I'll I'll figure this one out. But yeah. Wow. It's been 2 years. 2 years ago in the 27th of June, we launched our very first episode when we wanted to tell the story of our people and we have grown so far. We have grown from 3 listeners of the very first episode to about 68,000 right now for the last one. But the Dan Carlin's interview was like 120,000, but that's just one special one, because, you know, Dan Carlin was there. But otherwise, uh, I have people that I want to really say thanks to. First of all, Dave Wallace. 
been here with us since episode one. I don't even know how he found us. Mark Sands, another great fan. He taught me everything I know about baseball, and I'm now watching the sport on on internet, and I'm really enjoying it. Then there's Kelly Tudor. She made an amazing Facebook group for History Podcasters, and uh, her work's been amazing, and she's also been supporting us. And then there's Lynn Shirley. Amazing, kind of latecomer to the show. Just joined in this year, but one of the most dedicated, awesome people that I know. And she supports us every month, and she's very interested in this, and she just follows us on Twitter and comments and everything, and she's great too. Then I have to say obvious thanks to all of the Dark Myths podcasts, especially our Dark Master, Jordan Harbour. Jordan, you've done a great job, and it's amazing. Then I want to say uh, official thank you to Dan Carlin, obviously. Poke him about this. I it was a great honor for me to have that interview, and I was like even more worried than usual. Uh, but it was like a turning point here. I really felt something special. It's like you know someone that you've been a fan of all of your life, um, kind of responding to you. And it's kind of weird because uh, this this year I also met some people who said that wow, I'm starstruck to even sp- speak with you. I'm like, what? What? What is this? You're starstruck? What's going? What? what? We're just people from Latvia, okay? We're, we're doing our thing, and it's nothing special here. And uh, we don't feel like celebrities at any point. <laughs> at best, we're D-rate celebrities. I would even say E-rate celebrities or something. There are some people who know about us, but you know, we try to we try to understand and and try to be the best that we can. And I'm sorry that I can't really respond to every question ever, but I read your mails and I try to answer to them. And uh, <laughs> currently Alice pokes me and there's this at least one day in a month where I just go through all the messages that we have received and I try to respond to as, as many of them as I can. But yeah, thank you for being here. It means a lot to us. And uh, and the show and the future shall just continue. We're going to go through this Stalin era and then we're going to go through the 50s, because we started with Khrushchev, which is after Stalin's death already. And it's going to be great. We're going to do a lot of specials, we have a bunch of interviews, and I plan on planning on, I'm planning on redoing everything. And But yeah, I have to say that all the Stalin series shall go through at least until the next year, because World War II is going to be involved. And if I skipped over World War One, well, that's because Dan Carlin has done it better than I have. But I do believe his Ghost of the Ostrom series really missed out on a few things, and I plan to go into World War II in detail. That's one thing. Other thing is kind of um, <laughs> more mundane, actually. And the more mundane thing is that, you know, I'm, I, I want to do a meta, and I haven't spoken about this a lot, but I want to speak about Patreon. A lot of you are here on Patreon and supporting me, and I thank you for that. And we sometimes forget to say thank you online, everything, but we know who you are, and we, we are very thankful, and also we're thankful to everyone who send, sends money on for us on PayPal, and uh, I want to speak about how this looks up. Uh, see, the the stuff that you see on our webpage when you open the patreon.com, the eastern border, if you if you take a look at this, you'll see a certain amount of dollars per episode. Well, that that amount of dollars that you see there, that goes only for the first episode of the month. The, the on the second one we get less because people set up their monthly limits and that's another thing that I want to speak about with you, want to talk about with you because uh, often often at the end of the month a lot of people sign up and then we lose a bunch of people at the end of the month because apparently they didn't read that this is a per episode not a per month thing and I just want to say you well please please just just look at you know I'm very thankful for you supporting me that's amazing 
but really take a look at your Patreon accounts and set up a monthly limit here. Just, just whenever you donate there and whenever you do something, set up a monthly limit so that I don't take more money from you that you want to give and so that you don't have to leave, leave or, or so that I, I don't, don't cheat you. It's kind of important that you set up your monthly limit so that everyone's happy. And yeah, well, my first episode is those $250. My third one is about $120 already. It's like each episode I make gets me less and less money. So it, it's not like that I'm making more episodes to make more money. No, I do that because I want to make more episodes. And so far, Patreon is, is literally my salary. So I wanted to get that, that out of the way. And uh, it's kind of really boring if, if you think about it. I've also been posting a lot of news here on, on the Eastern Border Twitter page on the Facebook. And you should really join up there because it helps us a lot. And I post a lot of pictures and photos and everything there. And I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you are there. Quite a, well, quite a, like, a, not, not much really. I think about less than a percent of my listeners are, are following me on Twitter or on Facebook. I invite you all to come in because it's a fun, fun thing to do and you can find us there. Also, obviously, obviously good ratings on iTunes would help and good ratings ever would help. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to advertising part. The more important, important part is that, uh, also in the future, I've acquired a huge stash of Soviet magazines. For example, I have like the complete edition of uh, Soviet woman magazines from the 1960, and I have the magazines like Soviet culture magazines, The Star from 1950s, a bunch of them, and I'll have Soviet humor magazines because uh, I just managed to basically, basically struck a mother load of those. It was crazy. I really, really loved that. And I managed to save these old magazines from being burned. And I'll give you a bunch of episodes where these magazines shall be used. And when we shall just take a look at all this important stuff uh, of the culture of the Soviets. And a lot of special episodes are coming along as well. I wanted to say thank you for being there. And thank you for supporting this show. And uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a response for those people who uh, who who think that we're some sort of celebrities or something. We're not. We're common people, and we we live in an area where, where yeah, life's life sometimes are danger. But you know, well, stuff happens. Stuff happens, and uh, you got to keep on working. You have to you have to keep on going. And you have to do things. And I'm really honored that someone someone really feels like they're they're getting some some value out of out of this what we're doing here, and that there are there are people who really appreciate this. It means a lot to us, really. We wouldn't be here without you anyways, and, and, and it's kind of interesting that, you know, we got on, on Tom Wood's show, which is great, and Dan Carlin visited us, and it was also amazing. <laughs> and if you have a show, the other show that you listen to, which, you know, whose, uh, whose host you'd like me to interview, if you think we had something interesting to speak about, then please do, please go on. Th- th- that's my also go on PDRP, and yeah, PDRP is still going on, People's Democratic Republic of Podcast. That's sort of my um, my political show. And our latest interview, by the way, which is posted on the 24th of June, just before I went to Yanj celebration. Uh, if you were on my social media, like on Twitter, on Facebook, then you read about this. If you weren't, well, then you can go to pdrp.lv or just Google up People's Democratic Republic of Podcast and the uh, latest, latest episodes of that show are available there. And my latest episode is called <clears throat> Global Gay Conspiracy Exposed. I picked a clickbaity title, title on purpose. And I just discuss politics with a transgender transgender person. 
Her name is Alka, and it's a very humane interview, and I really hope that the clickbaiting title attracts some people to it. Uh, it might be really interesting and fun for people, because I always want people to just, you know, think wider, think bigger, maybe. I don't know, it's, um, it's a complicated thing, finger- figuring out what you want to do with a podcast. Podcasting is weird, and, and, uh, as this is my, as it is my day job right now, it's like I want to keep my journalist integrity, and at the same time, I want to give you episodes that you want to listen to. Because this is like, and and still, I could probably search for another job, but then I understood that still, after two years of doing this, there's no one out there from from Eastern Border. There's no one from Lithuania or Estonia or Russia or anything that would do this. Then at this point, by the way, in the Senate of Russia, because they not only have Gosduma, which is the Congress. Like, they have the the Senate, or, I don't know, the House. I'm not exactly sure how this works, but essentially their upper house of the parliament just uh, just signed a law, an idea of the law. They signed a bill, which might get turned into a law sometime later, which essentially would ban anyone who, who like, publishes in Russian from Russia. So, you know, we have Medusa EO, which is the Russian opposition magazine, who moved to Latvia because they were afraid of persecution and they might get banned in Russia because they would be deemed foreign agents. It's a scary world to live in. And you're here, and we really love you. We really care about that you're here, and I would, like, I, I until someone else from our region starts giving you honest reports on the Soviet Union and our Russian and Eastern border, I can't do anything else. This is what I should do, especially since since lately things have just gotten downhill and things have gotten much worse. It's not that easy. You you have to do what you have to do. And I'm trying my best here. I hope this helps. And I know this is an incoherent rambling, but hey, my head hurts and I feel bad and this is my special episode where I'm supposed to say thanks to everyone. But yeah, if you have a show which you think I should be on, poke that host. If you want me someone if you want me to invite someone on my show, please poke me. I'll 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 go out of my way to invite these people. And I read all your emails, uh, send in more questions. I've decided that a lot of questions better be answered, especially about politics on the show, which shall happen more more on uh next year. Like, well, now, <laughs> cuz next year starts at this point. Next year is starting like tomorrow or something. We will be answering more questions, we'll be making more episodes, but yeah, do that. Check out PDRP on its own feed. We have some great episodes there, and um, just just understand that we're all human, I suppose. That's the main story here, because uh, <laughs> I, I have spoken on the internet with uh, a bunch of so-called tankies, extremely left-wing people, who have told me that <laughs> who have told me that um, Holodomor wasn't real, that Stalin's the greatest person ever, and that I must be a total Nazi for even speaking this, that I'm ruining the great image of the Soviet Union, and they won't—they wouldn't listen to me. They refuse to think, just as the neo-Nazis. And what I want everyone to know is that you know, if you look at this, this, um, if you look look very very kind of, if you look uh, if you have a shallow view at things. Then you might, you know, group people around and, and put someone as a threat. But if you look deeper, then, you know, we're all human and um, I'm always here just to promote critical reasoning. I'm here to promote different ways of thinking about stuff. Thinking deeper, analyzing things. And in the end, in this show, telling the story of my people. 
And I don't even know. You're listening to me and I'm here and I'm talking and I'm surprised about that even still. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of introspective talk here. It's kind of silly too, I have to admit. But I'm pretty sure you can uh, you can live through one silly episode because good stuff is coming, such as well, Stalin's answers to Eisenhower, which will happen too as well, and more into Stalin, especially what he did in 1905 revolution and how he wrote with Lenin and everything. We have a lot of good stuff coming on. But I want you all to understand that I really appreciate you guys listening. Oh, and also one other thing, one of the most common complaints is that we have ads now on the show if you listen from certain countries on certain episodes because we're hosting on ACAST now and uh, they put their ads in and I just stamp them whenever, you know, uh, when, when there's a silence in the episode where there's a, where there's a break between recordings or something, I have to put like three slots, one in the beginning, one in the end and one in the middle. And we try to put the middle one before Alice speaks, but that doesn't always happen because sometimes Alice doesn't speak when we have thematical episodes or something. But um, but yeah, if you and uh, th- this hurts me by the way, this hurts me what I'm going to tell you. But if you do ever, if you don't ever want to hear my ads, like at all, if you don't want to ever hear ads on my show, then don't download it from the iTunes. Just go to my homepage, theeasternborder.lv, and download it straight from there, because. Uh, iTunes and Podcast Addict and Stitcher and everywhere else, it goes through the Acast, which is our Swedish backup, who put ads in there, and like, and I'm pretty sure they put ads in for a limited time, like two weeks and a month, you might get some ad, and I don't know what they're ad- advertising in every episode that we get, that we have, and then these ads will disappear later on. And then at some point in some older episodes, more ads could appear. I, I'm not sure exactly how their ad system works. I don't get too much money from them, so don't worry. Uh, I get about $50 a month from these. Uh, they're more like there for, for just being in Sweden, being a backup and being our friends there. If you, if you are, if you really, really, really hate ads, like I said, go to our homepage at easternborder.lv, which is uh, where we put primarily everything in before ACAST and download stuff from there. You'll never have to hear a single ad ever again. If that hurts you a lot. Weirdly enough, I've, I've like gotten a lot of, not a lot of, like a few bad iTunes reviews where people yelled at me for various things. I'm not sure if all of these are legit, but I guess I guess it's kind of okay. I have to accept that I'll get bad reviews as well because I haven't been also top notch in my late episodes. But life's getting in the way, and this episode is probably one of the more terrible that we've ever had. What can you do? Sometimes you just have to look at what's going on and say, well, we're thankful that we're here. We're going to try our best in the future. But for now, well, we got to accept for now as it is. But yeah, <laughs> you must you must get really tired from my from my crazy rambles and everything that's been on, going on here. So, um Thank you for being here on the Eastern Border, comrades. And again, enjoy all the darkness, show, enjoy, and darkness shows. Enjoy everything that we put out. And uh, future episodes should be much better and much more clearer. And we are improving in every episode. And trust me, at one point... <laughs> at one point, I understood the criticism about what I do. Like spelling errors or, or minor errors that get into the script. Because yes, Trotsky died in Mexico, not in Argentina. We know. We messed it up. I wrote it terribly wrongly in the script. We make mistakes. We apologize for them. I understood at one point that the 
I was bad at taking criticism, and two years of podcasting has uh, has made me understood that people who tell you bad things as they are and criticize your show actually mean well to you. I've grown to accept criticism. I have grown much less extreme in my views. I have grown more calm and more peaceful. And for one, I've grown very happy because I have been able to tell the story of my people to all of you guys. You have, in these past two years, given me the experience of my life. And I hope that this will continue in the future and that we will have, you know, at least two years more or something. And I hope that there's going to be a country, my country, next year. Same thing, by the way, which I mentioned in the previous year's episode. Yeah, it's all complicated and philosophical. At any rate, uh, thank you for enduring all this situation and thank you for for listening to this. I'm going to go grab a beer. Next episode, totally only about Stalin. Next one's going to be about Stalin coming out early July. One after that, a special about Soviet newspapers. Because comrades, this show is just like Soviet anecdotes. It's funny, but it's sad, but it's still funny. You know what? I'll manage. You'll manage too. Thank you for being here with us on the Eastern Border. До свидания, товарищ. Thank you for listening to the Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the Western Border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.